0: I'm your host Bradley Martin, and this is Clearing the Way, a resource for small business owners. Hello, humans. I am your guest Bradley Martin, and this is Clearing the Way, a resource for small business. I talk with sales and HR experts, other small business owners, and anyone else that can provide you with information to clear your way to success. Uh, my guest, my guest today is James Proton, owner of Proton Group. Uh, owner of the Proton Group, host of the James Proton Podcast, speaker, author, uh, leadership coach, director of business development at GPI. Um, James started his career in project management. After eight years, he transitioned to business development and marketing. Uh, He spent the next 15 years working for engineering and consulting firms as the director and VP of business development and marketing. In 2015, James started the Proton Group, providing strategic consulting services focusing on business development, av- advocacy, marketing, public relations, and leadership coaching. In 2020, he was brought on as the Director of Business Development at GPI. James was a board member for Leadership Washington County, President of the Mon Valley Chamber of Commerce, Chairman uh, and Chairman of the BVA Charitable Trust. In February of this year, 2022, he entered the world of podcasting, uh, the James Broughton Podcast highlights people with powerful stories that focus on love, faith, gratitude, forgiveness, and redemption. Uh, James, thanks for being a guest on Clearing the Way. Thanks for having me. No problem. I'm happy to be here. Um, all right. So let's, uh, let's kind of get into, let's start childhood. Let's kind of work up to um, when you started your business, but also, I mean, your a lot of your career has focused on business development Sure. Um, and some of those things that can be pretty important for small businesses to know.
1: So... Um, so let's kind of start in your youth. Well, I I'm Washington County guy, born and raised, Chawleray, PA, right down on, on the Monongahela River, just okay. at the other end of the county. Uh, I'm old. I uh, I just in the '60s and '70s growing up as a kid. This was uh, it was a different place than than what it is now. Okay, you know, um, always always has been a great place to to live and and was a an awesome place to be a kid. I mean, actually, I, you know, I say Shawlroy, I went to Shawlroy High School, but I grew up in Fallowfield Township. So okay. it was almost like a Huckleberry Finn type <laughs> childhood. I mean, you know, you're out jumping in the creek, catching salamanders, and, you know, just always out in the woods and just, you know, doing that kind of stuff. And so it was, it was, I would say, you know, idyllic to be honest. Yeah, You know, I, I was, uh, it, it was, it was a lot of fun. Any, uh, any athletics or anything? Yeah. I played sports, you know, as a, as a, as a young kid, you know, based baseball, basketball, football, play football in high school. Um, that was the only sport that I played as, you know, at, 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 at that point. Okay. Um, but enjoyed that. My, my dad was a teacher and a coach, you know, football, okay. basketball, and all those things. So that kind of just kind of rolled into that. So he was, a. at what level was he a coach? High school. Okay. High so school. he actually coached, it was, he was, uh, on a staff at Roy football and basketball And, um, back in the, in the fifties and the sixties. So I won a couple of championships with that. And you didn't get into, you weren't, you didn't play basketball. I did play basketball in high school, which was, uh, much to his chagrin, I think, because (laughs) he thought that that's the the way I would go. But, you know, especially in the seventies, it's still that way now. But back then, um, you know, we were a football first kind of region, right? You know, it was always like, you know, if, if you weren't a football player, you really weren't an athlete, you know? Yeah. And and, and the best part of it is, I didn't like it. You know, you didn't like football. I didn't like it. I I didn't like. I I played because that was like what you were supposed to do. Uh You know, because I was uh, I was about the height I am now, about six foot six one. But I I I couldn't weigh one hundred and forty pounds soaking wet. And um, you know, if you're going to play football, you know, large objects run into you. That is large humans. That is true. And and I wasn't a big fan of that. What position were you? I was a a receiver. I was a wide receiver. So on a team that for a team that. Maybe through six or seven passes the entire season, right? So it wasn't so you're like just, you know, you're
0: just out there blocking. Just That's yeah, it. just okay. t- taking up space. Okay. Uh, and what? How about school as a student? What kind of do you
1: get was, good grades? I, was, what I think I was a good you? student. Um, I was, I was very bright and curious, but I was kind of uninterested in the book stuff, right? Okay. I mean, so I was more curious. About life, about the world that was happening outside of the building. Okay, you know, so I did enough to get because my father was a teacher in my high school. Uh huh. You know, what did and, he teach? Uh, he was a social studies history teacher. Okay. So, you know, and he was he was probably the most popular teacher in the school. So like everybody knew him, right? He was that guy. You know, every every school has one of him, uh-huh. and he was Royce at that time. And uh, so I did enough to get by to keep him happy. You know, but I was a, I mean, I was a solid BC student, you know, and, uh, I didn't set the world on fire. I was, I was no threat to, uh, the, the valedictorian at any point in time in my <laughs> okay, career. Okay. So
0: what, um, so as a, with your parent, as a, with your dad, as a teacher, did that, what was that like? Like, did that create any, I mean, you, you it, said it, you kind of did enough to get by.
1: It was interesting because, um, you know, all of the teachers, had an expectation that mm-hmm. like wasn't really realistic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And the funny thing is there were, let's see, there was one, two, three other uh, of, of my classmates that I was very good friends with whose parents were teachers at the school as well. Okay. So it was just that one group. We uh-huh. were all the same age, and our parents were, they all, not only were they colleagues, they were friends. Yeah. And uh, so it, it was an interesting dynamic, um, especially for those teachers that were like coaches who were involved in athletics and yeah. like my father was. So, but I think looking back, I thought at the time it was an unrealistic expectation academically, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, I'm, I'm not that guy. I'm not, you know, but, um, but looking back now, I realized that they, they just wanted me to do the best I could, Yeah. you know? So, and, and I, I didn't always give it a hundred percent. You know, I was a typical teenager and it was yeah. the seventies. There were Different kind of distractions as there are today, but there's still distractions nonetheless. Yeah, you know, so uh, so that was, I think, my academic career as far as uh, high school was very average.
0: Okay. Very and average. did you know? Did you have an idea of what you wanted to do from there? Like,
1: oh, listen, wh- when I when I walked out, of, when I, when I walked to commencement, I was going to go to school and I was going to be a teacher and okay. do a little coaching because I watched my dad. Okay. Uh-huh. And, I, and I tell you, my father. He passed away in 2017. Um, he was a great guy, had a great life, no regrets. He he told me what not long before he died that uh, he got to go every single day of his adult life and do exactly what he wanted to do every single day. That's cool, right? I mean, he wanted to be a teacher. You know, he played basketball in college. Went to Cal, played basketball in college. He got to coach some basketball, so be around you know the athletics and uh, and 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 he got to teach and and it amazed me how many lives he touched in a little town like Uh Shawlbury, you know, um, because, you know, obviously everything grows exponentially, but that's what I was going to do. And, but I didn't really know when, because I was a young high school graduate. You know, I didn't turn, I started my senior year of high school at 16. So oh, wow. I turned seventeen in January of my senior year. Because you started early, or you started skipped? Because okay. back then, no, no, yeah, but like, <laughs> I, I was mean, average. maybe in middle school, skip, man. Maybe they didn't in middle skip school, average guy. <laughs> yeah, but, maybe um, in middle school. No, it was, it was, it was interesting because you could start school earlier. You know, they didn't have; it wasn't as stringent as it is now. Okay. Um, and my mother, my mother is somebody you should have on the show because my mother was the true definition of an entrepreneur before that word even was ever uttered. Uh-huh. You know um cuz she's always been in business she's always worked and um so with my dad teaching and my mother working uh so it was like the easiest thing to do is just like put it put him in kindergarten uh-huh. you know well what did what did she do she she did a lot of things um ultimately she ended up spending most of her professional life in the travel industry back when there were travel agents and okay. travel agencies uh-huh. And uh, ultimately did really, really well for herself. But she did, when I was very young, um, she went to school. She got an an associate's degree in business because she she had, and she managed a retail operation. She's, uh, so she did a little bit of everything. She was a true entrepreneur. Huh. Okay. And at any point. This is like in the 60s when, you know, and, and she was in her 20s and women weren't like really doing that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. You know. Okay. That had to be. An interesting little journey she had. It was interesting. Um, it, it's, it, it was fascinating. Yeah. So, at any point, did you think, like, okay, so let's just kind of move because we'll get to this point, but okay, so you thought you were going to leave, be a teacher at some point. Um, where did, what did you,
1: you graduated, then what? Well, I graduated and then really kind of just hung out. I You know, I, I got, you know, a little job, you know, for, for that summer and and I had I had intended on going to Cal to be, be a teacher, but as the summer went on, I became less and less interested in formal education. Okay. Okay. So well, so actually, so you meant you said that
0: you didn't the like the normal subjects weren't really super
1: interesting for you. Did right. you
0: have anything that, that you gravitated toward that was actually in school or um
1: it, yeah, I'll leave yeah, it at that thing, for now. The things that the the classes that I really were interested in when I was in high school were more of the subsets of, of the English department. Okay. Right? So that was, was composition and, you know, and writing and, and things, uh, you know, uh, of that nature. And, but I didn't realize at the time because it wasn't something I liked to do. I, I didn't write poetry or yeah. stories or anything like that, but I was interested in those types of things. And that got me into Really into reading, and and I okay. I always enjoyed reading. Okay. So that was kind of like, you know, math and science, which sounds a little bit ridiculous since I've spent forty years in the engineering industry. But uh, math and science really wasn't didn't do it for me. You know. Okay. So I was more into. Um, Into the the kind of the reading and writing and that type of thing.
0: Okay, so then so you lost interest in the formal education for Mm -hmm. however long. So what what happened there? What were you what were you kind of gravitating towards at that point?
1: Um, At that point, I was kind of I I hit that point that you get in as a young man in your life where you, you start to just question everything. You start to question authority and and this and that and the other and and like there were things that I couldn't do. Right. I, I, I couldn't go to work in the mill. I couldn't go in the army if I wanted to, cause yeah. I wasn't 18 years old. Yeah. Right. So I kind of kicked around in, 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 with, with this little kind of part-time job and trying to figure out, um, what I was going to do. And, and my parents were really cool about it. And, and honestly, there, the, there are times where I look back and I, I kind of wish, I wish I had booted me in the ass, you know, and, and mm-hmm. got me, but they, you know, they went with it. Um, cause they were, they were pretty unique in their own, right. My dad was, I think about seven years older than my mother. So my mother was, had me at 20, right. Okay. So she was young, yeah. you know, and she was kind of like, you know, in the sixties, this hippie chick when, and my dad was like, was older and he, he was in, in, in his career and, and he was a jazz and blues guy. There was always music at my house always okay. music but it was very eclectic right i'd go from miles davis to the grateful dead you know <laughs> okay, so, okay. so it was a, it was okay. like like really like eclectic uh, it, as far as that goes but there was always music i remember that and uh so they kind of they kind of went with it and then it got to the point where um when when the class after me would have been like late spring of the following year uh my dad like i was 18 then he said okay look i mean you know, now you got to do something. Yeah. You know, so I did get a job in a meal and I did that for a while. I worked in a meal long enough to realize that that's not what I wanted to do for a living, you know? So then those, that's, those are the experiences that kind of had me gravitate towards school and think, okay, this is what I got to do. Right. So I got to take one half a step back to tell you what happened next, because I had a, uh, my high school sweetheart. So we she was a, she was a couple of years younger than well a year younger than me but two grades behind me so we were uh you know what we did back then we 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 were we were hopelessly in love right but we were uh actually just really immature and had no idea what we were doing yeah so we got pregnant we got married and my first child my oldest child is um is 41 so we were very young whenever whenever How we old had her. You? I would have been, I was like 21. Okay. Yeah. And okay. she was 20. So we we were, we really didn't know what we were doing, you know, but you know, we did, we, we said, well, we you know, here we are. So yeah. now yeah. we've got this, this selfish little human that wants to eat <laughs> and have all these things, right. Yeah. You know, and, and she was, she was all that. So, um, you know, that started a journey that I never planned, Yeah. but okay, this is what it was, right. So we started walking down that path. And it was a struggle. We were young. We didn't have a lot of money. Um, we made ends meet, and then we had another. We had my son uh, two years later, and then a couple years after that, we had a, my my uh, another daughter. So here I was, twenty six years old, three kids. You know, and were you in the mills at that point, uh, at, or? At, at that point? I no. I had got out of the mill, and um, I, I was kind of. That's when I started to kind of really think. Okay. Uh, something, this is, this was, this was not a good idea, right? <laughs> okay. So, and at okay. the same time, my, my ex-wife now, which will tell you where this is going. Um, she was thinking the same thing. And, and we really came to the conclusion together that, um, you know, we were really a couple of, uh, youngsters that made a, an adult decision, Yeah. Now, it, it you know, looking back, it was the right decision to make. And we created three amazing children. All three are college graduates. All three are very professional. We have six grandchildren. And uh, so, you know, that part of it is, is just beautiful. Yeah. Unfortunately, the marriage ended badly. It ended in a divorce. And, and you know, anybody who says that um, they had an amicable divorce, call bullshit on that. They're lying to you. There's no such animal, right? And uh, we tried that. It didn't it did work. It didn't work. So, you know... And when I think about that, I I think, you know, she needed to grieve the loss of that marriage, just like anybody would need to grieve a, a loss, uh-huh. right? But I didn't see that then because I was selfish. It was all about me then. Uh-huh. I was selfish. So that made it much, much worse. If if, I, if there was one thing in my life that I could do differently, I would still, that marriage still was was would have to end, yeah. but I would handle the divorce differently.
0: Okay. Okay. What so how so you were selfish then? I mean, what so what age were you at that point? You said like 26,
1: 27? Well, no, I was I was in my 30s. Or, we okay, so it, we later. actually okay. made it work. Yeah. We, okay. we 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 did everything we could to make it work. Um but it just progressively it, it just deteriorated. Okay. You know, as we were as it was it was becoming as we were trying, the harder we tried, the more obvious it was becoming that we were fighting a losing battle. Yeah. So right?
0: when you if you don't mind getting into it, it no, not the um you, one of the defining
1: moments of my life, that, that, that divorce really impacted everything that happened after that. And really was the, was the driver to who I've become. Okay. So, okay. So
0: how were you, how were you, like, what do you mean by you were being selfish? Well, like, can you give me some examples Um, or is this just an overall, like I was really just,
1: um, I, I was very ego driven at the time. I didn't know. I didn't, well, put it to you this way I didn't like who I was okay so I'm a went, bad starting point exactly <laughs> so I I would put on a different persona uh, what I thought would be acceptable and embraced by others right so instead of just being myself because I didn't think I didn't think myself was adequate I didn't think I was enough so I tried to be something that I wasn't and I did a couple of different iterations of that. none of them fit. Okay. So that made it, that made it even that much harder because not only was I struggling with a relationship, I was struggling with a relationship with myself, an internal relationship.
0: So when you say a couple different iterations of yourself, what do you,
1: what did that look like? Well, it it looked like, uh, trying to force myself into different careers, different jobs. Okay. And, and trying to be, you know, something in the community that I wasn't ready for. You know, and and so it was just trying too hard to be something that I wasn't. Okay. Right. And force myself, like trying to force a square peg into a round hole is basically what it was. So, you know, obviously now for me at 62 years old, it was obvious if I'd have just been myself and Mm -hmm. been this guy that's been inside, was inside me then. Yeah. Right. But now it's me. Right. If I had just been me then, uh, you know, my life probably would have turned out differently. You know, but you don't know that then, right? Yeah. And and so being caught up in the moment and, and and really wanting something impatiently, right? Okay. So I wanted to be here, but I didn't want to take the steps to get there. Uh-huh. I want I, I want to be here now, right? And you push against that and push and push and push, and life pushes back.
0: Okay. So how how did you? Okay. So were any of those things that you were trying to be? Were they actually things that you were trying to be like, like the steps that you wanted to skip? Would you have actually been happy if you were able to skip those steps and be at that end point? Does that make sense?
1: It does make sense. And in hindsight, no. Okay. Right. So again, you know, you, you, life teaches you what you need to know when you need to know it. Right. So, but let me go back to, in, so in the midst of that, towards the tail end of when my marriage was starting to, to, to really disintegrate, um, is how I found myself in the engineering business, right? Um, I got a I got a job. It was a summer job at Pendot. It was it was temporary, but I knew it was it, it could lead to something else, and it did. And this is this is how um, serendipity maybe is is a good word for it. But I've always been a people person. I've always been able to communicate, and mm. talk to people, and so. That is the one skill set, if you want to call it that, communicating, communication um, that I've always had and that I've always been good at. So that's, mm-hmm. if I if, if I had to pick one thing in my life that I was really, really good at, that's it, right? So I met a guy, I was out on a construction job, was still doing the PennDOT thing, and I was on a construction job, but I met a guy named Bob Quinn, okay? And I was in my early, mid-20s, and uh, Bob was the chief engineer for a local engineering firm, uh, Westmoreland Engineering, which is now WEC Engineers. But they were in my And And we talked, and for whatever reason, he liked me. So I said, come on, let's talk. And so I went in, I talked to him, and, and they offered me a job as a draftsman, which I had no clue what that was. Right? Had, did you, had you graduated at that point? No, I, okay. I, I hadn't even, I had only been taking classes. I hadn't done okay. anything okay, okay. of any okay. structure. Okay. Right? okay. So, so I, the, the thing that, the, the, that you'll, you'll see from our conversation, the most important, I would say element of my career has been a work ethic, has been hard work, mm-hmm. okay? I learned early on that I was never going to be the smartest guy in the room, right? But I also learned early on that there's no reason anybody should ever outwork me. Okay. And that's how I've come through. So I started out as a draftsman, which is, you know, the very kind of like entry level of, of an engineering firm. Mm-hmm. And this was before CAD and all those things. This was on a board with ink, right? <laughs> so, you know, are you familiar with AutoCAD? huh Okay. Well, I worked on the beta version of AutoCAD. That's okay. how I, I pre okay. that. Okay. So... Yeah. So, so, um, so I, I, again, I, I had, I, I had a talent of an ability that I didn't know I had because I never, I, if you'd have asked me when I was a senior in high school, what an engineer was, okay, I'd have said it was somebody that drives a train because my grandfather was a railroader. And that to me, that's what an engineer was. Uh-huh. I had no idea civil engineer, structural. I didn't know. Right. So here I find myself in the engineering business, working for an engineering company, and, um, and just started to, to increase and move up through the ranks, became a project manager, project engineer, project manager, and, um, opportunities started to present themselves as I started to, to network within the industry and, you know, I, I improved my situation, went to another firm and into another one. And, um, when I, I was, I was divorced and I turned 40 and I was, uh, I was working on a project. And there was another engineering firm, Chester Engineers. Uh, one of their senior people was was we were we were on the project together. Although I was at a different firm, and he said to me one day, put me aside. He said, "Hey, you know, we have a uh, an opportunity for a, for a project manager. I mean, you know, why don't you why don't you uh, you know come and talk to us?" So I said, "Yeah, I'm you know, I'm interested in talking, but you know, I got three kids, and you know, I, and maybe there's a chance I can make some more money or whatever yeah. the case may be." And, uh, and I was, I was motivated by money at that point, not because I wanted to buy a Mercedes or I wanted to live in a certain way, but because I I had kids to feed. Yeah. Right. So, so I went and I met a a guy named Bruce Fletcher, Swaggy B. (laughs) I can sit here for three hours and tell you Swaggy B stories. And, and they're all true, although you would not believe any of them, but, um, Bruce Fletcher, was executive vice president Chester Engineers, and he brought me in as a project engineer, senior project manager, and um, gave me some clients in the municipal uh, consulting, and we did a bunch of projects. Did some really good stuff in the first couple of years I was there, and um, I was I was generating new new work mm-hmm. and new clients just organically, yeah. right through the course of my uh, of my day, so. He pulled me aside one day and he said, "Hey, listen." He said, you're, "You know, you're doing really good with with revenue generation and all that." And up until that point, until I was 40, I never thought about the business side of what I do. Okay, you know, I was purely a project guy. Uh-huh. I was, I was. We were designing, we were building things. You know, uh, water and wastewater plants, roads, br- what, everything you could think of. That was what really kept my interest in that industry. So, at that point, I had been in it for. Wow, almost 20 years. It was like 16, 17 years. And so I'd kind of forgotten about the the uh, the um, teaching thing. And along the way I had cobbled together enough credits that I could get an associate degree in, in mechanical engineering, technology, things like that. So so I was kinda committed at that point. Yeah. Right. So and I talk with my hands, I apologize for that, but I did. You know, that's I get that from my mother too. But um so at that point is when I went about 20 years ago when I went into business development and marketing full time. Okay. Right for the engineering company. So I did that through 2015 and we had a lot of success. We grew the company um, actually from $5 million a year to over 30 in five years. So we had a we we and we did that largely because we brought in a consultant to help out because again, I wasn't a marketing or business development professional. Mm-hmm. I was making it up as I go. And I just with a people
0: person. Yeah. So when you when you switched over to that, did you like what? First, let's start with what do you what were you brought on to do? Okay, business development and marketing. Mm-hmm. What do we What do we
1: mean by that? Business development is basically strategic sales. Okay. Okay. Marketing is what it is. Marketing is branding and yeah. all those things. So the way I look at it, and I, I have always looked at it, is sales plus marketing is business development, right? Okay. Because, so it's it's not just like, you know, when when you sell something, because in the engineering industry, you're selling a professional service. So I, I can't show you something, Yeah. you know, it's not like I'm selling you a Cadillac or a house, yeah. you know, which, and I don't, not to minimize those things, because those are very difficult things to do. But when you're selling a service, you've got to have some strategy behind yeah. it, right? So how you present that, and how you put present it in the marketplace to your target client base. Um, That's kind of the business development piece of sales.
0: Okay. Okay. So, um, okay. So you're brought onto that. So you bring in this consultant.
1: Yes. Marvin Williams, um, who to this day, 20 some odd years later, is working with me again. We've come full circle. That's cool. Um, And uh, he's still teaching me. He taught me everything I know about that part of the business. And uh, Marvin is legendary, um, in, in, in this industry nationally. Um, so the, the great thing about, again, getting back to, to focus on the networking and the serendipity of it, right? So not looking for another job back when, when I went into Chester engineers, right? Mm-hmm. I just was working on a project, doing mm-hmm. what I love to do. Guy said, Hey, I love the way you do this. I love the way you carry yourself and handle clients. We have an opening. Why don't you talk to this guy? So then I meet Bruce Fletcher. Right. And Bruce is gonna be eighty years old and he's still he's one of my dearest friends. He's gone from being my boss to a colleague to a friend, right? And he's always been a mentor. So Bruce saw is the, the guy, the first guy that saw this in me. Mm. Right. And he was he he knew that there was something there that other people didn't see. So and I was I was happy being a project guy. Mm -hmm. If I was still doing, if none of that ever happened, if the business stuff never happened and I was still doing projects, I'd still, I'd be happy camper. Right. I wouldn't be as engaged as I am. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be making as much money. I wouldn't be, there's a lot of things would be different, but I would be happy. Yeah. Right. Because I was doing work that was rewarding to me. Uh Okay. Okay. So when you
0: say he saw what what was this thing that you're talking about that he saw in you or obviously like saying um, this thing is what
1: i would say and and he might give you a different answer but as i said communication is if 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 you ask if you took a dozen people professionals from my industry mm. and asked them the first word that comes to mind when my name is mentioned I bet at least 11 of them would say communication, communicate or something like that, because that's, that's the one thing that I've been able to do is to network Mm -hmm. and build. And nobody ever taught me that. That's not something that somebody teaches you, you know, but if, if I go into a room with 500 people, okay, 499 of them are going to become my friend. That's (laughs) my mission, right? So I'm, I've never been had a, had an issue just walking up to a total stranger and having a conversation. I've never had an issue, <laughs> n- never been nervous standing in front of a group of people. I've talked to a thousand people. I've talked to two people. Uh-huh. You know, so I do a lot of public speaking and and those type of things. Never even gave a second. Never had a public speaking course. Right? I actually had to stand up and give a present a technical presentation, a PowerPoint to a potential client for a project. There are about a hundred people in the room and i never done it before in my life. I just, so I hadn't, I I didn't know enough about it to be afraid or to be intimidated. So I just did it. And then once you do it that one time, the rest is easy.
0: Where do you think that came? Like, obviously it's not something you ever like worked on, but where do you think that came? I think just from watching my parents. Okay.
1: You know, because my father was a teacher. So obviously, you know, teachers are presenters. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, and public speakers. And, and my mother, watching my mother, And what I didn't realize until I was much, much later in life is how much I knew about business from watching and listening to my mother. My Uh mother was a great business person and really, I never gave her enough credit for me, you know, because my dad and I are very similar, Uh you know, he had the same kind of personality as me, you know, but my mother really was a lot more kind of responsible for me learning and growing, you know, as, as a young adult.
0: Okay. I mean, okay. Especially professionally, especially in business. Mm. Have you, did you ever, um, what was your relationship with them as you were like moving through your career? Like, did you, did you actually learn things from her? Like, did you go to that, to her for, um, for advice frequently, like as not, you were growing or
1: not necessarily advice. It was more, I mean, cause she, she, she really wasn't that type of person to, you know, but it was more just watching her do what she okay. did and paying attention.
0: Okay. Um, okay. So, okay. So you're, you're in uh, business development now, mm-hmm. kind of killing it. Um, What were, what were some of those things? Like, as you are learning this, obviously the communication side is kind of natural for you. Um, what were some of the things as you're getting into that that, that were a struggle for you?
1: Uh, the hard thing was was really um, learning to track trends in the industry, right? Okay. So one thing, some, the, the most important thing I think that I do, um, obviously we track opportunities and, and we go and we develop relationships and build those things and things like that. But one of the things that we have to do is we have to know what our competitors are doing, mm-hmm. you know, who's, who's succeeding, who's doing what in the industry, uh, who's what, what key personnel, you know, professionals are going, moving from place to place. And uh so the, just being able to have the focus to, to track these things and, and so I'm not a, I, I've never been a detail person. I've always been a big picture guy, big idea guy. So that nuts and bolts in, and learning to, to take really good copious notes and to pay attention and, and track industry trends, both opportunities and competitors and market analysis and things like that. Because again, I wasn't, I wasn't trained in, yeah. in any kind of business, uh, a- application. And did you get good at that or were you able to delegate? Is that something that
0: you uh, were able a little to delegate? Both. Okay. I, I did,
1: I did get good at it because at Chester, I was kind of a one-man gang. I had a marketing team, that worked with me, but as far as when it came to the sales and, and business development, that's kind of a one-man gang. So I had to track all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, then I, w- I was able to bring on some people and and then um, and delegate. But and, and even now at GPI, um, I enjoy doing it now. You know, it's something mm-hmm. that I that I've gotten good at, and now I have a, a a preferred way of actually receiving the information. So it's easier for me to just go out and yeah grab it myself.
0: Uh, okay. Um, Okay. So at what point did you decide you were going to take that, all of this experience that you had and start doing it kind of on your own, at least for, uh, I don't know how, how much you do that or how little you
1: do that, but. Uh, Well, it's, it's, it's actually an interesting story because at the end of 2015, um, I had kind of, there was an ownership change at Chester and the company was going in a different direction, and and I, I wasn't. We were butting heads. The see mm-hmm. the new, C, and we just we we're like oil and water. We had two <laughs> different philosophies, yeah. and you know it just wasn't um, it, it wasn't working. And I was really getting burned out um, in the industry. So, beginning of 2016, I thought, you know what, I can't do this anymore. I need a break. So, can we walked away from it? And then, uh, we, you know, well, you know, you got to eat. You got you to gotta pay the bills. Yep, those so are important. Sort we will see. Um, and, uh, thought, well, you know, I'll do some, cause I had, a, I had a, a 12 month non-compete in the mm-hmm. engineering industry. So I, so I know enough about marketing and, and this stuff. Now I can do some consulting and I did, and I did, I did pretty well. Um, and I wound up once that non-compete was done, then I picked up an engineering client and I started basically doing what I had been doing all along as a consultant though. I wasn't okay. like an employee. Yeah. So I did that and in uh, for a small firm and and it was it was good, but it they were it, it became obvious they really weren't going to invest to the level that I thought we had agreed upon. And not not salary-wise, not not yeah. that, but but invest in the the market and the industry and bringing in people and hiring engineers and things like that. So we kind of went our separate ways and I got a call about that time from a dear friend of mine Diane Altland, who I've known for over 20 years she was um, she was an engineer at uh, at Chester for a while we and we kept in touch and we stayed friends and you know we would encounter each other through the industry and 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 through all that time and she said that she had got a a new gig uh, with a company Greenman Peterson GPI and she said she's been tasked to build and grow a water practice, it's a transportation based company. And, uh, she you knew that's what I did. Right. So I'm thinking Greenman, Peter, GPI can't be good because I've never heard of them. Yeah. You know, and as I said, you know, it was my responsibility to know who my competitors uh-huh. are. So I'm sitting there, if I never heard of these guys, <laughs> okay, you know, what? So, yeah. So I kind of, yeah, let me, let, let me think about it. So I, I, I go online and I do the thing and I, I look at their website. I look at them and hear their, uh, almost 1,800 people, 60 offices, they're all, been, I'm thinking, how could I not know these people? Well, the reason was they are a top 10 firm globally in bridge design, highways, roads like that, not in the water space where okay. I had spent my entire career, yeah. right? So it, it it made sense that I wouldn't know who <laughs> yeah, they are because yeah. I, you know, that, that was outside the purview of what I had been doing for 30 some odd years at that point. So. Yeah. So I called her back and I said, you know, yeah, let's, let's, what are you thinking? So I, I took them on as a client and I did that for a year. And, uh, she said, you know, you really ought to come and, you know, do this full time. And I'm thinking, wow, do I want to, do I want to do this full time? So, so then I I talked to Miss Terry Lynn, my significant other, and, uh, we'll, we'll, I'll tell you a story about her in a minute. But, um, so knowing that full well, that she was going to say, Oh, hell yes, because, you know, she wanted a steady paycheck Uh because, you know, when you're a consultant, it's like you submit an invoice and your client, they pay it when they, when they can pay it. Yeah. You know, so you would, you you make X one month and then the next month you're making Y and the next month you're making Z and she's like, you know, when can I expect this? When can I expect that? So, and and I knew what, what, uh, what her opinion would be, but so, so I agreed to come back full-time and, and that's where I'm at now. And it's been uh, about two years that I've been full-time. And I'm senior vice president for uh, business development for, for GPI. That's my my official title. And, uh, you know, I've never been a title guy, but I will tell you this. When I started in the industry, I was a draftsman, which I was the very most entry level. So, without a college, to, without a bachelor's degree, uh-huh. without a professional engineer's license, to go from there to be a senior vice president and affirm the size and scope of GPI just really. For me personally, it um, it kind of I don't want to say justifies, but it 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 really makes. Remember, I told you there's no way anybody was going to. I was going to be the hardest mm-hmm. work in the room, right? It it makes to me when I think that it's 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 gratifying that that hard work was worth it. Yeah, right. So, you know, because there was a lot. Listen, w- when you're in that business, you know, and, and you come up and you go head to head with another guy, even for whether it's for a position, a raise or whatever, or or a promotion, this guy's got that professional engineering license, right? So may not be any smarter than you, might not be any better than you, all those things. So he's got the upper hand, Uh right? So I have to show in some fashion that my value. So Mm -hmm. that's, and the only, the only option I had was to, was to outwork. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, Okay. So taking it back a little bit cuz you mentioned that that divorce ended up really shaping the traje- trajectory mm-hmm. from there. Yes. But we didn't really get into that. What what were those changes that you implemented or realized or like what were some of those things that happened that that caused that that big change? And what was the change? Just being less selfish? Like what what well, happened there?
1: Actually, um yeah, uh, I, to put it bluntly, I was an asshole, right? <laughs> I mean, I was—I just wasn't. I'll put it to this way: all things being the way they are, if I was that guy, I'm the last person you'd ever ask to be on this show. Okay, um, I was—I was pretty much self-involved. Um, I, you know, I still listen. I still—I gave the charity. I—I I, I volunteered. I was on on nonprofit boards. I was doing all the things here, yeah, out here that um, that, that, you know, wow, this is a great guy. Look what he's doing. Yeah. But in here, I was still selfish. It was all about me. It was a, I had a battle with my own ego because I, I still, even up until I was about 40 years old coming out of that divorce, I still could not reconcile with myself who I was because I was still in the back of my mind thinking, you know, I, I I really failed at this, 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 and this. And you know, I, I I just, I didn't like myself. And that's about the time I realized that I needed to talk to somebody. And that's where Terry Lynn comes in because I had met her and we had started to become involved. And she said, exactly that. Yeah, you really need to talk to somebody because you're like, there's, I I was angry and frustrated all the time and Uh and, and little little things would set me off and not violent. I've never been a violent person. And I, I've never even been in a fight. I, was, I used to box when I was a kid, but I've never even been in a fight. But um, but I was just I was just angry, and I was dark all the time. So I started to went, went to took some therapy. Started getting into some therapy, and I realized that uh, you know what, this is not who I was created to be. I wasn't put here to be this guy, right? So I realized that if I was going to do anything with my life. Anything with any significant impact, mm-hmm. I was going to have to change. I was going to have to become find. First of all, find out who I am, and and do whatever I needed to do to become that guy. Right? Okay. So the first thing I had to do was acknowledge and accept what a jerk I was. Okay. And listen, that 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 hurts. You know, when you have yeah. to when you got to face that, you know, it, you got to look in the mirror and 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 it's raw, and you're right there. And you have to learn. To, you have to accept that because. You can't fix it until you accept what's Uh wrong. So, you you know, that, that, I mean, that stung a little bit, you know, uh, because that's, there were things that, like, happened in my marriage. Again, it was, there was no violence or anything like that. But, but there were things that happened in my marriage that I didn't realize. Yeah. You know, so because I was angry all the time and I, it was, and it was all self-loathing. It was all self-pity. So I had to start there. I had to break everything down so I could build it back up how long do
0: you think after you started and we don't have a ton of time here um, we just have a couple of minutes still too um we can but, go a little bit we're good um but the how long after you started therapy how long did you did it take for you to actually start acknowledging and kind of break through some of those those barriers
1: i took a while um, i would say it took a good year because i was in denial
0: OK, you know, I so didn't want to accept
1: you it. were you went
0: you went to therapy, but you were still in denial with the things that you were, oh, absolutely. You were discovering. Absolutely.
1: Okay. I, I was I was I never did that. I, you know, I was like, what, what are you talking about? Uh, that's just
0: that. that's so strange because you were open enough to go to it. Right. But you still, but I still didn't want
1: to face it. That's
0: so that's strange. I, I, um, I did not. I
1: did not want to face it. And, you know, years later, you know, my children are all adults now. But I would talk to my I would talk to them and and they would tell me you know, the things that bothered them, because I mean, we got to the point where the only time my ex-wife and I communicated at the end of that marriage, we were arguing, right? Yeah. And the kids unfortunately saw all of that, you know, but the good thing is they've all become wonderful parents. And and maybe it's because I set a bad example, yeah, you yeah. know, but regardless, <laughs> it worked out, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. so, cause they're, yeah. they're just, they're awesome people. But, um, but Terry Lynn, more than therapy more than anything is the one that really pulled me out of that because she was honest with me about everything you know this was a person who i knew was in love with me i knew you know that i never doubted that for a second but she never took any bs i mean she 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 called it she called mm-hmm. me on everything and she's the one that really kind of i don't to say forced but guided me and maybe gently pushed to to really sit down and take that good, honest, hard look in the mirror.
0: Did, I imagine there was still some pushback, like if you were going to therapy and there was the push, like Mm -hmm. the lack of acceptance there, what was, I imagine there still had to be some of that with, with her as well.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I I used to get offended. You know, it's like, I used to, I used to think she was overly critical and, and I'd say, you know, you're mean to me. She's no, I'm honest with you you know, you're, you're always criticizing me. No, I'm telling you the truth, Mm -hmm. you know, because she knew again, like I told you that, uh, you know, Bruce Fletcher saw something, well, Terry Lynn saw the same thing and it, 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 whatever reason she invested in me and she's been with me and she's, she's been my, my harshest critic and my biggest supporter since day one, you know, so sometimes, you know, and I've, I've, it's hard to explain, but I've seen that in myself. I, I, there are, I've had some young people, engineers and, and different people that firm was given up on this. No, no. But it, 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 I've intervened and like, you know, I don't know. I can't even really articulate what it was, but yeah. maybe I saw a little bit of myself in this guy. You uh-huh. know what I mean? And, uh, but you, know, you, 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 you're blessed at times to have people, nobody does it alone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You can't get through life. yourself you're gonna have to have people at at various points throughout your life that are gonna that are gonna boost you up they're gonna believe in you and you know that's uh that's that's what it's all about
0: yeah um okay well it's two right now so i feel like we could uh we could keep going for quite some time for a little bit i'll let these
1: folks know that uh
0: well i mean we can also um i can cut some of this too but um we could also reconvene in another down the road and we can cut this that. one as the first, we can as do that, first we one. We actually so haven't you, talked about business that much. I know, we
1: haven't. Um, okay, so let, then it's, let's... Because it's, it's, it's always a complex story. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, and, and business mirrors life. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I, I used to get ooh, used to get very frustrated when people would say, uh, it's not personal, it's business. No, nah, no, 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 no. All business is personal. Yeah. All business is personal, because it's all relationships. Business is a relationship. Based, if you want to succeed at anything, you have to know how to build and sustain mm-hmm. relationships. So,
0: um, all right, so that's what we'll do. We'll we'll have a we'll do a second one. Um, we'll get you out of here so you can you can get on your call. Um, any anything else? Um, I feel like we covered a lot of the. Probably still some more of the of the life stuff to cover, um, but like you said, that those will kind of intertwine. We'll catch that on the next one. Uh, anything in closing?
1: Anything? Uh, I I I. I'd just like to thank you for having me. And, you know, I'm not one to talk about myself. You know, just our podcast, for example, and I want to get you on our show. Um, and we'll do that. We'll we'll get that scheduled. But our podcast is about stories. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we are very conscious and we're very guest-centric. Okay. So it it's not about me. It's not about Nick, our, our producer. Uh, you know, it's really about telling stories that people have transformed in some fashion. Mm-hmm. And, and I re, it, it resonates with me because I had to go through that process, Yeah, you know, so we've been blessed with some amazing guests and some amazing stories. And that's the thing, you know, sometimes when I start to tell my own story, right. So I, I'll start to babble a little bit because I don't normally do that, uh-huh. but there are, you know, and I'll go and oh wait a minute, that that <laughs> was important, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. So yeah, but um, yeah, I would love to come back and and you know and 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 talk some more because I think I love the setup you have here. I love what you're doing and what what you're all about here with your show. And and again, if you want to talk about business and you want to really get dig into it and what it takes, you got to talk about the personal. Yeah, I mean because they're they're intertwined. They yeah, don't, and
0: I think that's something that I mean. I know a lot of small business owners. That's especially right now with the popularity of like entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and all of those things. It's like yeah, everyone looks. We used at, to call
1: businessman, by the way.
0: Yeah, everyone looks at the great things. Yeah, and all right. oh, oh, the freedom and all this. It's like, yes, and exactly. You're <laughs> yes, exactly right. But mm-hmm. here's all the other things that you need to be aware of because, yeah, the the business side you might nail that, right. but <laughs> when you're the one that's cutting your own check. And you're the one responsible for all of the things that have to to that's happen to true. run the business.
1: That's very true. The
0: personal side can get a little squirrely, uh-huh. <laughs> can get a little dicey. You can and start to person. forget about some things. Yeah, yeah. they
1: feed they feed mm-hmm. off of each other. You know, if you have a bad month in business and you're you know you're not getting that paycheck because you're responsible, that's going to how can that not spill over your personal, especially yeah. if you have, if you have a family. Yeah, you know, and if you have you're you have your own business to run, and you have a, you have an argument with your wife or your husband. Or, you know, your kids get you know get in trouble in school, whatever the case may be. Yeah. It all comes together.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. I will have all of your links down mm-hmm. below. Um, podcast will be linked, all of those things. Um, yeah. Next one will be, uh, we'll, we'll get that on the schedule. We'll yeah, do a round get it two. Scheduled. Absolutely. Um, thanks for coming on. Uh, this, wa- this was good. Um, anything else? Anything else to add? No. All
1: right. Just cool. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to continuing the conversation and actually, and again, having you on our show. Awesome. Looking forward to it.
0: Uh, Thanks for listening and watching and doing all the things. Like, comment, uh, subscribe, share it. Um, See you next time. Thanks. I'm your host, Bradley Martin, and this is Clearing the Way, a resource for small business owners.